So an introduction before the introduction is um, about Scripture. Scripture came about in that it was written for a particular people at a particular time, but over, over time people felt something special about what was written, what was said. Uh, a lot of it was oral to start with, that this was not only relevant to them, but it was relevant to others. It was relevant to to different people, and it seemed to keep being relevant. It seemed to have a like a divine uh, power about it. God was still involved in, in what was being uh, writ- what had been written, what was being said, and so it was like a book that just kept on being on on that top shelf or on the bench. We just kept on kept on using it, and that's how Scripture over time came about. And the canon, the sixty six books. It was about, uh, I think, about 400 years where they decided that, yeah, these, these particular writings are, are anointed. And so we're going to read um, Colossians now, even though it speaks to a particular uh, people, a church, and two other churches in the nearby area, people have found that it's still speaking from God and that it's Scripture. So we're going to look at that soon. I just want to show you uh, a photo of a man by the name of Warren Buffett. And so he, Warren Buffett, is regarded as perhaps uh, the best investor in the world at the moment. And a thing that uh, I want to talk about, about Warren Buffett, is not about his investments, but about what he said to his... uh, his plane pilot one day. And um, so he's given him, he, he, the, the pilot asked for a bit of advice. And, um, and Warren Buffett said this. He said, write down the 25 most important things in your life. Write them down. He did that. Came back. Okay. Circle the five most important of that 25 and write them down. And so he did that, came back, and, uh, and he said, it's those five things that you are going to really concentrate. You're going to give your attention to, to that. And uh, Mike Flint was the name of the pilot. He said, um, so what about the 6 to 25? And Mike said, um, well, we're not getting enough time and energy even though I'm going to concentrate on the one to five, if I get enough time and energy, I'm going to um, spend a little bit of time and energy on the six to 25. And Warren Buffett said, no, you're not. No, you're not. It's not that they are a maybe do's. He said, they will be a, a distraction to you. Get rid of those. You have nothing to do with those. You're going to work on those one to five. Those 6 to 25, they are don't touch. They're the don't touch. The 1 to 5, that's where you're going to put your effort. So let's uh, just keep that in your mind. Uh, we're going to read the scripture now. This is Colossians 2, 16 to 23. Colossians chapter 2, 16 to 23. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you for what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, 
is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use are based on merely human commands and teaching. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Let's pray. Lord, we ask as uh, we open up your scripture today, you will speak to us, Jesus. Amen. In fact, in this scripture, there's some very strong don'ts, don'ts here. They're not things to dabble with. They're, they're don'ts. Don'ts. They're like red lights. That beep, beep, don't, don't deal with it. Stay away. And some of those things, they can look harmless. Maybe a bit of a tag along if you've got time and energy. But the Apostle Paul, writing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, saw it differently spoke about it differently. They're harmful, they're dangerous. So there's three I want to talk about. Number one, verse 18. Don't play in the shadows. Don't play in the shadows. The shadows. Don't play in the shadows. Don't play in the shadows of a, a false spirituality that equates a spirituality to two lists of forbidden things and required things. That's what they had at Colossae. Some of these false teachers were saying, uh, we've got two lists here, we've got some forbidden things, and also we've got some required things. The forbidden things, verse 18, food and drink. They're saying, don't touch some of these. And probably even um, sexual abstinence inside a marriage. Verse 18, so the, some of these false teachers, they were saying they're so staunch that they were prohibiting sex inside a marriage. Um, some cults are still like that. We heard of one based down in Christchurch, by the way, and they had a abstinence in marriage policy. Don't join it. <laughs> Verse 21, do not taste, do not handle, do not touch. So they had a list of forbidden things. Also they, these false teachers, they had a list of required things. Annual, monthly, weekly observances uh, from Judaism. Possibly they combined it with pagan celebrations to make a combined list, a must-observe list. And Paul says, stay away from those lists. Stay away from the do's and don'ts that Jesus did not make. Stay away from the do's and don'ts that Jesus did not make. 
Paul asked, why are you still living as if you belong to the world? Why are you doing that? Don't, don't obey lists that Jesus did not make. So the, the writer Paul, the Apostle Paul, was not afraid himself of abstaining from time to time from food and drink. He had spiritual habits. He would even go to Jewish uh, events when he saw it as useful and necessary. He found his singleness helpful, gave him more freedom. However, non-spirit-inspired do and don't list, he vehemently opposed. He vehemently opposed. And for us, there will be times that we abstain from good things for the benefit of ourselves or our families or to support our brothers and sisters or even, you know, even our own good food or drink or other good things or to support others. We, Sharon and I had a friend when we were overseas and he had really struggled in the sexual area and uh, he found movies really hard. And so for him, he decided he would only watch cartoons. He was a grown man. He'd only watch cartoons. And he would invite others to come and watch cartoons with him on his computer. So um, every now and again, Sharon and I would go and watch a cartoon with him on his <laughs> <laughs> to support him. But Jesus did not say we can only ever watch cartoons. But sometimes that sort of thing is useful and helpful for our brothers and sisters. But by elevating things into an esteemed list of forbidden and required things, Paul says this is hugely wrong, inspired by the Holy Spirit. They're called shadows. Shadows. Don't play in the shadows. Because they're just shadows. But what was to come was not shadows, but the substance. The substance. From the shadows of the pre-dawn, to the full sunshine of Christ. Quite a few years ago, my brother and father and a friend, we did a tramp called the Copeland Pass, and you go over from the west, from the east coast, or whichever way you start, over the main ranges of the Southern Alps, and down to the west side. So we did that, had good weather, went over the top, Copeland Pass, quite high, and the ice axes and things, Got down, the weather was still good, so we decided to go back and we went and uh, camped um, uh, below the pass and then got up really early, about five, and started to go up. And hour and a half up, we got up to the top of the ridge and looked over, hoping to see the east coast, the other side, and we saw more of our side, more of the west coast. In fact, in the dark, we'd gone up um, the wrong place. And it would have been better just to stay in bed for another hour and a half till we could see where we were going instead of playing around in the shadows. Don't play in the shadows. Don't play in the shadows of rules that Jesus did not give us. First, don't. Number two, don't play with guillotines. Verse 19 says, They have lost connection with the head. They have lost connection with the head. They've lost connection with the head 
of Jesus. It's like the cut off the head of Jesus. Cut off the head, unless you're a chicken, but you just end up with a carcass to papaku. Don't cut off, don't play with guillotines. But when the head is on the body, the church, it grows, verse 19. Not all the time. It's not always noticeable. It's like your kids, you turn around, far out. How'd you get so tall? <laughs> but when the head is on the body, it grows. The body grows. We've grown as a church. We've grown in the last six years. And I believe a big reason for that is that we've kept the head of Jesus on the body. We've focused on Jesus. We've focused on Christ. And the false teachers at Colossae, they had an emphasis on the spectacular, mystical, individual experience that cut away from the centrality of the church's relationship to Christ. It's like decapitating Jesus from the body, his church. But when the head is on the body, that empowers the growth of the church. The body will grow with its ligaments and sinews. With Christ, the head is on the body, it grows because it empowers the different parts of the body. Like in Corinthians, that picture there, verse um, chapters 12 and 14, of all the different parts of the body doing its parts. Wisdom, faith, miracles, prophecy, etc. Don't play with guillotines that cut off the head of Jesus Christ from the body of the church. And don't play in the shadows of rules. And thirdly, don't play with hardcore tryhards. Don't play with hardcore tryhards. Don't hang out with them. Don't listen to them. Don't let them disqualify you from the prize. Verse 18. And you know, there's some people around and they talk a whole lot of spiritual talk and they use the right words and phrases, but they are dangerous for your faith. Don't hang out with hardcore tryhards. When you know them, you know what they're about, try and avoid them. In our country in West Africa where we lived, uh, one of the missionaries, they, they had a lot to do with youth, uh, church youth. And they used to advise the youth about this in terms of criminals because in West Africa, in our country, the police did not pussyfoot around. And when the police would come to do a sweep of uh, the known criminals, they weren't too worried about who else they gathered up. And it was actually dangerous to hang around with criminals. You could just get swept up. And this is what Paul was saying. He says, don't hang out with dangerous, try hard, uh, try hard people. Don't let them tell you that you are disqualified. Don't hang out with them. And there are two ways that they were, were try hard. One was to do with angels. It's called angelology. And some of the false teachers, they were obsessed with angels. Verse 18. They worshipped them. And you know, I fully, I fully believe in angels. I fully believe in angels. I, I've met two people and I believe that they've seen angels. One is, um, they were 
two little preschool kids and their mum, a solo parent, their mum told us one day that one day their kids, uh, her kids was looking away about a foot above her. Things were going hard in her life and she asked them, uh, what, what is it? And they said, mum, we can see this behind you, this great big thing behind you. Uh, another time in Burkina Faso in West Africa, I talked to this teenage girl, the mum, her and the mum were in the church, and the mum, she was getting uh, threatened. They were, her sister was said she was going to kill her. The mum had become a, a believer in Jesus. And, um, and I asked one day, what about, uh, how's your daughter, how's Karen? And she said, oh, not good, something strange has happened. And what had happened, she was at home and she saw these two big uh, people, way bigger than the biggest person in town, who was Steve. He was an English six foot four guy. And, <laughs> and um, these two, and they're all dressed in white, and they didn't greet. When they came into the yard, they didn't greet people, which was what everyone did. You had to go around and shake hands with everyone in the yard. They just stood, and she showed me, either side of the hopscotch area at the front gate, and they just stood there. And I believe they were angels sent to protect her. In fact, uh, Hebrews 1.14 says that, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? And I said to Karen, I believe that what's happened here is there's some angels that have come that are protecting you and your mum. Um, but the issue in Colossae was how much they were into angels. They were just fully into angels. And they, some of these false teachers had intricate, detailed speculation about angels, all about angels, to the point they were worshipping angels. And the scripture says, don't worship angels. Worship Jesus Christ. Don't talk to angels. Talk directly to Jesus Christ. Don't waste a whole lot of time on speculating about debatable things. Focus on the central thing of Jesus Christ. Stay focused on Jesus. So these tryhards, hardcore tryhards, they were really into angels. And secondly, they're very, very hard on their bodies. They punished their bodies. They, it was self-imposed Discipline. They were sort of guys that would just sleep on a bed of nails just for the sake of it, for being hard, zealous, and noisy in their self-discipline. And zeal, zeal can be good or bad. Can be good or bad. Zeal. Romans ten verse two. Paul says, "Zeal without knowledge is not good." Misplaced zeal can actually produce a lot of spiritual misery. Misplaced zeal denies what God has not denied and it requires what God has not required. And also, it tends not to work. <laughs> Misplaced zeal. Because it's fleshly. It just comes out of you, yourself. It's not spiritual. Verse 23. Again, in West Africa, we had um, a village that we were kind of attached to five kilometers down the road. And they're all Muslim. And Muslims pray five times a day. But there was a, a kind of an inner sect in the village, and they were hardcore. They added a sixth 
prayer to the five they already had. <laughs> they added it at midnight. And they thought they were hardcore because they had uh, the sixth prayer. But at the same time, they had uh, a reputation around town of being the most adulterous of anyone. And so they would have this midnight prayer, and then afterwards they would sneak around pinching other people's wives. <laughs> See, because their zeal was not out of the spirit, it was out of the flesh. Don't play. Don't play in the shadows. Don't play with guillotines. Don't play with tryhards. Don't play with the Christian faith. Don't play. Instead, be real. Be real. Be real. Be authentic. How? How do we be real? It's a million dollar question. And it is, the answer is being in Christ. Being in Christ. The reality, verse 17, is found in Christ. All in Christ. Keeping the head on the body, not being affected by hardcore tryhards, keeping out of the shadows, and instead reveling in the sunshine of Christ, the eternal one. Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater. He's greater than every person, every practice, every policy, every procedure in the Old Testament. Jesus is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. That's in Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2. So fix our eyes on him. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Don't play in the shadows of do's and don'ts. Don't play with guillotines that tries to cut off the head of of Christ from the body of the church. Don't play with tryhards. Fix our eyes on Jesus, pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up. We'll pray. I feel to pray for our visitors today. So Jesse and Sam and Debbie, if you don't mind, come up. And Anton and your family, if you don't mind coming up. Um, Justine and your visitor, if you don't mind coming up. And uh, we'll pray with those ones. And anyone else, come right up here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We don't have to play, but we can uh, be real. We can be real. Hallelujah. And it's all in you. It's not actually all that hard because it's all in you, Jesus. Author, perfecter of our faith. Yes, Lord, we give you ourselves today. Yeah, why don't you just... Um, Say that yourself in whatever way you want. We're not going to play. We're just going to be in you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Mm. I want to break off any condemnation. You know, some of us have suffered condemnation of rules about do this, do that, and that's not of Christ. That's not of the Lord because it's freedom in Christ. I want to break that off now in the name of Jesus. We proclaim freedom. Freedom of Christ over these people in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Lord bless you. Uh, we'll have a cup of tea. Um, people love to pray for you in, in any way that you'd like.